Hey there, if you are ready to build your service-based business from scratch and ditch your nine to five, then I want you to head on over to shedidherwaypodcast.com forward slash leap and download my free ultimate leap checklist and starter kit. Again, you can head to shedidherwaypodcast.com forward slash leap to download my ultimate leap checklist and starter kit to get started on building your service-based business and ditching your nine to five. Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, where it's all about making the ultimate leap from your nine to five and building a business and life you love all while doing it your way. I'm your host, Amanda Bolin. Let's get started. Hello, my beautiful listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the She Did It Her Way podcast. Um, happy 4th of July week. is a very exciting week, although 4th of July kind of hits us out on Thursday. So it's a really interesting week. But anyway, I wanted to share some context with you before we get into today's episode. This original interview where I got to go on my friend's podcast, Britt Colo, the Marketing Personalities podcast, originally aired on hers. And I wanted to re-air it on my show for a couple of different reasons. One, we spend time talking about my lead up and leap and what you can do if you're looking to quit your job and talk about mindset and all that good stuff. And number two, I really love what she's doing in terms of allowing people and giving people permission to lean in to a certain marketing ability or marketing strategy based on your overall personality as it relates to the Myers-Briggs. And I found it extremely helpful to look at my Myers-Briggs and then go, okay, what is my marketing personality based on that? And what type of medium and how can marketing feel good to me? And so after Britt sharing this and this is her baby, this is her business, it's really helped bring clarity for me. And so I wanted to expose you guys to this because I think it's really helpful when it comes to marketing because you could potentially be marketing in a way that doesn't necessarily align or play to your strengths and it might not feel good. And so Britt breaks it down with her business and her podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I hope you have an amazing week for 4th of July if you're celebrating that in the States or maybe abroad, I don't know. Um, But I just hope you guys have a wonderful week. And so let's dive in. Britt, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Amanda is not a brand newbie to this podcast, and she's definitely not a newbie to podcasting. <laughs> if you're hearing her name and being like, I think I know that girl. Yeah, you probably do because you're a listener of podcasts, and she has a very long time podcast. I mean, how many how many episodes are you up to now? Oh, God, 325. Oh, my gosh. That is so many. Yeah. I've been listening to the She Did It Her Way podcast since, I don't know, maybe like episode 40. And then at that time I went back and I listened to all the ones I just binged on all the ones that had already gone live. So yeah, Amanda and I were BFFs before she even knew my name. (laughs) But it was amazing though, because I loved like, I think I sent out a survey and you were one of the people that really stood out in your response. And I was like, okay, I want to talk more about, I want to know her story and I want to know what she's doing. Cause you were at a full-time job at that point. And I'm like, okay, what where are the challenges? Like I need to understand and I want, I want to understand. So like, how can I help? And you were just so giving of information. And then I think, I don't know, like a couple months later, you're like, Oh, I quit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, get it girl. But you did it strategically. Yes. Amanda yeah. was such a part of my early, early journey of entrepreneurship of actually quitting my job and, and going for it. So yeah, I mean, we get into that whole story, I think in our original podcast episode together, 
I'll throw the exact episode number in the show notes here. But if you want to know more about how Amanda and I came to just know each other and how I quit my job because Amanda was very much a part of that. (laughs) She didn't know it. She didn't know it at the time, but she was. You can go back to that episode. But today, Amanda is back on the podcast and we're here to talk about what it's like to be an ESTJ personality type in business and how to align a marketing strategy to those ESTJ superpowers, which Amanda has because she's an ESTJ. But before we dig into that, I want you to know Amanda a bit better so you can kind of just get a feel for, okay, who's this girl behind the mic? So Amanda, tell us, aside from being a business owner and a podcaster, who are you in this world? What's going on over there in Chicago? (laughs) Well, it's uh, April showers right now. Holla. No, (laughs) I mean, some background information just to kind of check some of the things off. But like, I'm originally born and raised in Iowa from Dubuque, Iowa. And then I went to school there. But I would say, and I never even thought about this until Britt, when we were in San Diego for Mastermind Live, that you had come up to me and I forget exactly what you said. But then through the conversation, you're like, you're and catalyst for action. And I was like, what? Huh? And it really stood out to me because I never thought about that way. But when I started thinking about how when I interact with people and even as friends or family, I am all about action. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Let's just start acting and getting out of the mind and and start doing it. Now, obviously, sometimes action like just acting can have its like challenges on the other side. So if you just do something without any forethought or any strategy it can happen there. But I think like what I found in my sweet spot is really helping people start to take that initial action that they need in order to overcome what they're thinking. But outside of that, like outside of the online business in the world, I mean, I have a husband and we live in Chicago and I really love wine. Am I allowed to say that? Is that kosher? Can I say that on the podcast? <laughs> oh, yes. I really like vodka. So there yeah. you go. Yeah, we can talk about that. <laughs> I mean, it definitely... It, it's like a... It's a hobby. I think it's important to have hobbies outside of just business. And think that, you know, balance, like what is balance? And I think that we're always in seasons where when you are starting a business and you're side hustling, like there is no such thing as balance. Like you better be out of balance because if you're not, then you're doing it wrong. Like you should feel like you're doing everything that you humanly possibly can. But it's also there's you got to carve out time to unplug and do things that really like re-energize you. And for me, like, yes, I love wine, but I definitely I love the viticulture and education around it. And so that's one of the things that I I really enjoy and like working out. But I like people who have good energy and I like taking action. Yes. Oh man, that is if I had to sum up Amanda Bolin, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah and I remember I remember specifically that conversation because it it felt so charged at the end of that first day of mastermind live when we got together in July not July January <laughs> and just speaking into the fact that you are a catalyzer you see this potential and you see this really it's it's about energy this potential energy in someone and then you go and you you infuse your own energy into them and they go and they use it. Like they go and they do such a catalyzer for sure. I'm going to work that into my copy. All that, what you just said, that was amazing. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Well, I mean, your track record for getting people out of their stuckness and into not only, and I don't want to just say action and you kind of hit on that a little bit before. It's not just action. It's very purposeful action. 
it's okay. If that's what you want, here's what we need to do to get there. Like it's, yes. it's still very strategic and pers- purposeful. And so you're getting people into action and they're actually getting the results that they wanted. So that is Amanda Bolin, people. Now let's, uh, <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about your business for a second. What do you do in She Did It Her Way and who does it really primarily serve? Yeah, She Did It Her Way today is... It's about getting women who are in corporate America that want to start a business, getting them to take massive action on their business idea. And so that is, we do it through monthly coaching programs. We have a podcast. We're going to start blocking um, later in the spring, either May or June. And kind of like what you said, where it is allowing people to show up and give permission that their crazy idea is possible and primarily do it in the online space because that's where I live. And so um, really focusing on that. But we get women at all different if they want to start like an online business like product space and things like that. But I did want to say that sometimes it's a such a blessing to have it where it's like, okay, this is where I want to go. Now all I need to do is take action. And sometimes when I take that enthusiasm and put it and like want to channel it to another person and... I'm like, what do you mean you can't take action? Like, why do you think it's hard? Like, you just do it. Like, what? And so sometimes it can kind of rub... If I if I hit people in the wrong place at the wrong time, it can rub them the wrong way. So apologize in advance if that ever happens to anyone that I encounter. But I think I just have a lot of passion around just getting stuff done and getting the right stuff done at the right time. And like, if you want to live a certain life and you want to impact the world in a certain way, like, it's literally a matter of saying this is where I want to go with my vision. Here are the strategic steps for the next 90 days. Here's the massive action list of everything that I needed to do. And removing drama from your mind and just showing up and doing and committing and executing and stop overthinking. Heck yes. And I can feel... I can feel all the ESTJs that are listening to this right now. Like, oh my gosh, I just met somebody like me finally. Like, And you listeners, you can feel this, right? You can already feel it from Amanda, how, how she's a ball of fire. She is just on mission. She's got her stuff together and she's moving forward. And she's luckily reaching out her arms and saying, guys, come with me, come with me. Like I can help you. Let's go. Let's go. That is totally how I see you. And that's the ESTJ, which we'll get to in a second. I want to know a little bit of background story. You are right now, and she did it her way, you are catalyzing female entrepreneurs who are maybe in that corporate world right now, but really have that entrepreneurial calling. And you're helping them move out of corporate and into a sustainable business model where they can, they can really go after their dream of being an entrepreneur and bringing whatever they have within them to light, to sell, and make a living. How'd you get here? <laughs> I mean, do we have more than 45 minutes? Uh, no. <laughs> no. You're like, for the sake of the listeners, no, uh, we don't. Yes, I will unpack that and do my best to sum it up. Um, first of all, I think, and and I'm guilty of this too, is making sure like keeping things in perspective, right? Like when we see someone who's online and it looks like we create this narrative of like, everything's perfect and everything's fine. No, it's not always perfect. It's not fine. I just sent a message to my email list about how we got like one of our very first negative comments and or at least that came to my attention. And, you know, 12 months ago, if I would have gotten that comment, I would have been like, Oh my gosh, like what? Like, how can I make this person like me? And now I'm like, okay, on to the next. Like, 
when you are a creator and you are an artist and you put your craft out into this world, like there are going to be people that don't resonate with it. And you just have to learn to be okay with it and understand that like you are resonating with the right people that you need to be at the right time to inspire them to do what it is that you're helping them with. And so going back to like how we got here. Okay. So timeline of events, 2010, graduated college, had a finance degree, entrepreneurship, didn't really know like what I wanted to do, but I got an offer to work at Target in their stores in West Des Moines, Iowa. So I went to University of Iowa, go Hawks. And I was there for about a year. I learned a lot around talent management, talent development, cultures and things that really inspired me to say like, okay, it continued my obsession with self development and self help and like, how do we better ourselves to better the environment around us. And from there, like I knew I didn't want to be in corporate for a long time, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was fortunate enough at the time to have a mentor who could show me what was possible. Because I think it's really important to start surrounding yourself around people that are doing what you want to do, because it's really difficult to be something that you can't see. And because I knew that he was living a life that I wanted to live and have the freedom that he had, it was, okay, how do I do that? And sometimes it's just a matter of saying yes to every little moment that puts you outside your comfort zone. And I went to an event. So quitting Target and that I I quit Target a year after. And that was actually more of a leap for me because I went from Target to working at Wells Fargo through a third party agency. I took a 20% pay cut. I didn't have benefits. It was interim. So I could have been let go at any time. But you kind of like learn to make it work. I got like 25-30 hours back to my schedule each week because I wasn't working retail. I worked a job at a gym. So I got a free gym membership and I got to read books while I was there. And so you kind of figure it out. But during the transition, I went to an event called Succeed Faster put on by my um, mentor at the time. And I met one of the speakers, Chad Carden, who spoke and he was like super... I mean, he reminded me of Tony Robbins in the sense that he was just kind of like kind of intense, but he was also an action taker and he was getting people up on their feet and he was inspiring. And what he his company... I was like, I want to do what he does. And his company is... He delivers employee engagement, sales training, and things like that to companies where you really unpack like attitudes and beliefs and behaviors and things. And I was like, okay, I want to work for him. So fast forward, May 2012, I got a call. And he said, we have this project with AT&T. Do you want to see it at the table? I was like, heck yeah. I have zero clue of actually what I'm getting myself into, but let's do it. <laughs> Flew out to San Diego, left my job as a recruiter. And I didn't realize that when I got to San Diego, I was actually still trying out to be a facilitator on the bench. And I was like, Oh, the pressure's really on. Okay. Shoot. And um, <laughs> I was like dying because I, I had never like facilitated. I didn't know how to like get people up in a room and all this stuff. So anyway, that was 2012. I probably did that pretty consistently for about four and a half, five years straight. And during that period of 2015 is when I started She Did Her Way podcast and it was started as a hobby just because I was like traveling and living out a suitcase every week. And I really wanted to find this like creative outlet for me. And it wasn't until about 2017 that I was like, wait a second, like there's a lot of people tuning in every single week. And I get people in my network that are like, how did you do it? How'd you quit your job? And I was like, there's something here. Making that transition from a contractor, someone who's like a 1099 to really building a business was a big learning curve. And it was definitely not easy. And that's why I think like, anytime someone tells me that they want to quit their job, don't quit your job on an emotion base. Don't do it because you are just so sick of your job. And don't leave your job because you hate it. It's almost like learn to be content and like neutral with your job before you like end it. But um, 
through that process and just a lot of trial and error. 2018 was messy, massive action. And I really think that if people get comfortable with taking messy, massive action versus trying to make it perfect passive action, you are going to see so many results. You're going to learn so much about your market. You're going to learn so much about yourself. And it's really exciting to come into 2019 and be like, okay, we did all of these things. Like, what do I want to keep? What do I not want to keep? Who's showing up? And you just constantly are in a reassessment mode. And like you and I were talking before we got on the phone or the call or Zoom about, you know, now it's you, once you lay the, initial like groundwork and you build upon it, you get to go back and iterate it. You get to go make it a 2.0. I always find a lot of people want to make it the 3.0 on their first chance. And like you can't get to the 3.0 until you build the 1.0. And you have to be okay with it not being perfect and know that it is part of the process. And once you know that, you just take the pressure off of yourself. Like you know that it's going to be messy. You know that it's going to be hard. You know you're going to get uncomfortable, but you're going to stick to the outcome that you want or you're going to stick to the goal and you're just going to follow through. So yeah, a lot of failing is really how it's got here. And, you know, learning is, yeah, you guys, it's, it's okay. It's going to happen, but have fun with it, experiment. And that's why it is so important to plug yourself into communities like Brett, like your community. It's so important for people to get to know other people. Same thing with she did it her way because there is enough room and enough abundance in this world to everyone to do what they love. Like, I think sometimes, you know, in the beginning, I had a limiting belief thinking, like, oh, wait, what? Can people really have an online business? Like, there's, or it's so saturated. And it's like, there's billions of people in this world. Like, yes, you can. And stop being scarcity mindset, Amanda. Like, yes, you can have a business. Like, because listen, like my voice, people are going to take things and people are going to, certain people are going to resonate with my voice and certain people are going to resonate with others' voices. Same thing of like, some people resonate with Tony Robbins and some people resonate with Brendan Burchard. Like the world needs your voice because certain people are only going to resonate with your voice. And that to me is like what I keep reminding people in my community of like, you got to go for it. Because I had someone say like, this is the business that I want, but it's already being done. And somebody has all this stuff that, and I was like, yeah, but not everybody knows about that person. Like you have to get out there and do you and your business. And do your way. Do it your way. I mean, yeah, she did it her way guys. Like that's her entire business name. So there you go. Uh, And I think that really speaks to not only massive action, but consistent action on your part. You know, just like you said, it's like, yeah, there was a lot of fails in there. There's a lot of learning in there. There were a lot of leaps of faith too on all fronts, like from one thing to the next to the next, like leaps of faith and trusting that regardless of what happens, you can make it work. It's not going to be the end of the day, end of the road for you. You're going to figure it out. I love, I love that energy that you bring to the table. And I hear... I hear so much of your personality type in there <laughs> with also with also like a sprinkle of and I can't control everything so I'm not going to try which I think sometimes can be an Achilles heel a little bit for an ESTJ really we're talking this month a lot about the Sentinel tribe and those are the ones with the S and the J in there and that Sentinel tribe so good at organization and very order driven. As long as things are in order, they can move forward. And I see that. And I also see a healthy dose in you, like a really healthy balance of, yeah, I've got my stuff in order. And just because things aren't absolutely 100% perfect, I'm still moving forward. So I like that blend for you. Yeah. Tell me, has that been a struggle for you in the past? Okay, girl, that is so funny you say that because that is something that is always... 
I'm super aware of because I have to manage my mind because otherwise, like I am also very process driven. So I took the rocket fuel test. Is that I say that right? Is that rocket fuel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually score, I scored like um, 85, 87 on the visionary and I scored a 91 on the integrator. And so for me, like as great as I can like take action in the moment, there are times when I want to stop everything and clean it up before I move forward. But with a business so often, you have to be comfortable moving forward, even though something else isn't perfect or it's undone in some sense. Like you, yes, you don't want to get in the habit of like leaving things undone, but you also like have to know when it's okay if you're going to say no to something and, and just be like, you know what, that was a project that I didn't finish. We're moving on. Like, let's keep going. So for example, like she did uh, the Her Way Society. I initially, I wasn't going to open it up when I did because I was like, no, it's not perfect yet. Like I want to really vet this out. But I was like, no, I just need to like open it and get more people in and like just keep the train moving. And it's so funny you say that because when I was at Target, they had, um, you got two, one opportunity and two strengths. And when I first started, like my two strengths were like engaging and kind of like, I don't know, something else very much like my personality driven. And when I left, it was like managed talent and something else, a little bit more communication. But then the opportunity that I had was they're really good about like, okay, they put you in a role that they think that you're going to be successful at and you're in it for 18 months. And then the next role, um, since I was on the hypo track and when you're on a high potential track, you only do two 18 month rotations. So your first one is always like what you're really good at, get some success wins. And then if you're on the hypo track, they want to put you in a role that you're not good at so that you can learn it. And usually it's HR or operations. So you're doing an overnight role. And my next role was going to be operations because I would get in the habit of like stalling on doing something because I was waiting for something else to be perfect and like waiting Mm. for something else to be done versus getting comfortable with like being having it be messy. And so yes, that has been something that I've had to learn the balance of okay, it's not perfect. Maybe there's not an initial process around it, but I have to be okay with still taking action. Most of the time when I take action, like it's so funny and you brought this up, like if someone says that they want to do something, my default, and this might also be because I'm a a high one on the Enneagram test. I'm like, I don't want to do anything until you tell me how there's going to be a process, how we're going to scale it and who's going to be leading it. Like that is totally me because I'm like, okay, guys, we can talk all day about all this visionary stuff, but like, let, like at the end of the day, how are we impacting people? What is the process to deliver it? And what is the follow-up like to a T? And you just brought that up in San Diego and I was dying laughing. because I was like, yep, yep, that's, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that gives probably a lot of hope to the other sentinels who are listening And realizing that while organization isn't a procrastination technique for a sentinel, like it's actually something you have to do to move forward, there can also be a really healthy balance of organization and action that's happening. I see, I see successful sentinels finding that balance. Um, And then I also see sentinels who feel like they're struggling and they're, they don't feel like a success yet. It's in that it's in the organization and then not moving forward. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to move forward, just tap into this woman <laughs> right here, Amanda, because she will catalyze you into whatever you need to do with your life. But I, I like seeing that it hasn't necessarily always been like that. It's been something, it's been a muscle that you've needed to, to strengthen yeah. over time. And I would say it's, it's really, again, going back to like, how do you manage your mind? Because 
your world is your lens and the way you make things mean is your blueprint. And you can always understand and see someone's blueprint by the words that they use and the phrases that they talk and the questions that they ask. And you have to change... Like the example I always give is, okay, so you failed. If you try to do a program, it didn't work. Instead of attaching the meaning of failure to like, oh, you shouldn't do this anymore and you shouldn't try, you should attach, oh, failing. Actually, I'm going to attach it that it's A, it's good news because it's giving me data and information I'm experimenting and B, attaching that meaning that it's part of the process. And so for any other executive ESTJs out there, like it's also just learning to manage the mind and how you think about it. And like, don't think that just because there's not a process that it's all chaotic and chaos. Like it's just managing the mind and the thoughts that come awry. Okay. So this is massive because I see you doing this in the way that you help people, like in the way, especially your eight week BYOB program. It's literally like a a template for business. Like if you want to start a business, like you just follow the template. And we know Sentinels are so great at templates. You love using templates. You like creating them because you're so good at organization. And that's like your entire eight-week program that you've created. Right. It's so perfect for you. Uh, And I, I see a lot of the, not just managing of the business happening in that curriculum. I see a lot of the managing of the mind in that curriculum as well. And you bring that to your podcast, like every single week, there's always a, if it's not the entire podcast episode, there's a hint of that in there. It's like, okay, there's a lot of external things going on here. What's going on inside your head? Because that's, what's really the driver here. And I, I also know, I want you to take us, I didn't really plan to go here, but I want you to take us into how you set yourself up for massive action every day in your morning routine. Because the reason I ask this is because I see you using your organizational skills and your, your management skills on yourself in that morning routine. Mm-hmm. I'm just writing that. Okay. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. I think let's back up kind of like zoom out, if you will, from the morning routine, Mm -hmm. which the morning routine is definitely way more condensed. And right now I'm not doing all the things that I typically do because I'm in this non-balanced state of my life, which I'm okay with because sometimes when we're not in balance, it's you get such a different high, right? And then there's times to be in balance. But it usually like making sure that you get things done is... And we just did this in the Her Way Society quarterly planning was look at the next 90 days, which is perfect because it's we're in Q2. So close your eyes and envision like, where do you want to be in the next 90 days? And then spend some time journaling about what does your life look like? What have you accomplished? What have you said yes to? What have you said no to? What have you done? And then pull out three to five key goals that at the end of whatever 90 day time period, like what do you want to have accomplished? And then from there for each goal, you write this massive action list. So if one of the gals was, okay, in three months, I want to have a um, hundred more people on my email list. And then I'm like, okay, write everything that you need to do in order to accomplish that goal. And what you do is you create basically this massive to-do list. But some, sometimes people are like, oh, should it feel overwhelming? And I'm like, well, yeah, because but it's good because you have this entire massive action list that you have to take in order to reach your goal that you want to achieve in 90 days. And it doesn't have to take all 90 days. You could hit it easily in a month or two months, right? 
But then what you do is you calendar block and you look at your calendar and you decide in 30 minute increments when you're going to produce what action. So you don't write what you're going to do. You're going to write like what, what you're going to produce at the end of it. And I see this so often. It doesn't have to be people who are in a full-time job working side hustle. It can be business owners too. Like we lose ourselves in the busyness. And so at the end of the day, sometimes we're like, what the heck did I even produce? And don't get me wrong. I have days where I'm like, what did I even do today? Like, I know I did a lot of stuff, but like, what did I produce? And so a way to overcome that is when you go on your calendar, instead of saying like, and blocking out four hours, because I used to do this a lot of like four hours work on podcasts. Now it's broken down into either 30 or 60 minute chunks just based on what I'm doing. And it'll say completed first uh, outline for solo cast X, Y, and Z. Then the next step might be completed first draft for our opt-in for solo cast X, Y, and Z. So you get really good about knowing exactly what you're going to do with the time that you spend. And I find it very helpful for people who are in a full-time job and doing side hustling because the schedule is already chaotic. But if you can carve out an extra hour every single day, an hour a day, five hours a week, 20 hours a month is more than doing nothing, right? In a full-time job, it's way too easy to find yourself exhausted and tired at the end of the day so that when you open up your computer and you don't, your brain doesn't know exactly what you need to do, you're going to procrastinate and you're going to be like, oh, I'll work on it tomorrow, right? So doing that. And so also when you do a more... So going back to the morning routine is really priming yourself. So one of the things that I do every day, even if it's just five minutes, is meditation. Meditation is incredible. It definitely... My husband can tell a difference when I'm meditating when I'm not. Like That's <laughs> hilarious. I mean, I did a 30-day meditation like challenge for myself last year. And halfway through, he didn't know I was doing it. But he's like, you just seem so much more relaxed. Like, what's going on? What are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm meditating. He goes, oh, okay. But meditation can seem overwhelming. And it might to some people seem like, oh, why would I just sit there? And it's like, but it's the fact like, it takes more strength and courage to sit there and be and do nothing than it does to keep doing. And I think there's more strength like when people take off sabbaticals and fully unplug for vacation, like it takes more strength to do that and to say like, I'm stepping aside from my business in this online world than there is about like keeping going and keeping up with it. But for a morning routine, like five minute journal, five minute meditation and just hydrate a lot. Yes. Those are like <laughs> some simple wins, meditating, gratitude journal, and then hydrating. That's perfect. So I see that as an ESTJ, and I want to I wanna back up a little bit and remind everybody really what is going on here to make you an ESTJ. But now that you, listener, as you can see how Amanda structures her day to manage her mind first and foremost, how that plays into how she now can go out and manage a whole bunch of other things. Mm -hmm. Because the ESTJ, they're also known as the executive they're excellent administrators and they are so good at managing things or people. So the fact that you yourself had said earlier was like the key is managing your mind. Yeah, it is. I agree. And an ESTJ for sure is able to do that because they're so good at managing things. So as an ESTJ, we know that you're a part of the Sentinel tribe and you're order driven. You're also really great at being on a team, yes. <laughs> right? Super good at being on a team. And templates are like the thing when you can use a template, when you can give somebody a template, like here are the steps, go ahead and, and put them into play. That feels really good to you. Mm -hmm. 
there's order in that. And so you can feel like you're doing a good job when you have a template in place. And you're always talking about systems too, which are basically templates, right? So ESTJ is so good. I see um, the visionary versus integrator conversation going on in our space all the time right now. ESTJs, you already said it, you definitely have the visionary ability and you have the integrator ability. And I think that ESTJs often fall pretty pretty strong in both categories. Oh. But their integrator abilities are so so strong. They are the ones. If they're not the face of the brand, they're allowing the face of the brand to actually do what they do as in the integrator role. And they're so often ESTJs. So that's kind of interesting. And you're doing both because you've got both of those, those abilities in you. So very cool to see that happening. And I see, I see that order drivenness, the templates coming in and the managing of not only the mind, but also other people coming into how you, how you structure your days, how you do your eight week BYOB program, which we'll talk about in a little bit. uh, And you template things out. I see it also in your, if you guys didn't know, if you don't know Amanda, you might not know this. She hosts an annual summit, a live conference summit. And I see your ability, you know, hosting something like that is not easy. There are so many moving pieces, but you are the manager of moving pieces. Yeah. <laughs> so you can, you can do that really well. And it's not all about you. It's about all the speakers that you're bringing in and that's also something you do really well, right? You catalyze not only yourself, but you catalyze other people and you're bringing all these speakers together so you can all move forward together. Yeah. So I just see it going through everything. Do you see that now too? Yeah. And I, I mean, I had taken, it's called Fascinate Me Quiz by Sally Hogson. I'm probably butchering mm-hmm. that. I apologize. And one of the things that came back was one of the things that... And the fascinating quiz, which I thought was cool is because it's more about like what people are fascinated and like kind of getting all about like, oh, you have the skill, like what is it? And for so many of us, we don't take time to recognize what makes us fascinating or what is our unique set because we're so close to it that we're like, yeah, everybody does it. I mean if you're someone that can write social media and you do it really well, but you're like, I do it so well, you're kind of on autopilot. And then you're, you think someone's going to pay me for it. Like, are you sure everybody can figure this out? And the truth is, is that not everybody can figure everything out. And the fascinate me quiz said that one of um, things that people get fascinated with me by is the maestro piece of it and being in the background. So I've, Yes, I think I'm an extrovert. So oftentimes people might think that I like the center of attention. It's not that I strive for it. I don't need it to be sustained. Do I find myself ego crusher for me? So going back to what you were saying in the summit is like, it gives me an opportunity to really elevate other people. And I get to tie all the strings in and step up and like manage the pieces because it is so much about like, it goes back to especially in-person events. You have to prep so well. You have to over-communicate. That was another thing that I learned in Target because I wasn't as good of a communicator when I necessarily went in. Is that you... And not only through the events and the execution of it, but learning... Like I have three VAs now. And when you start to bring on other people, you have to have systems and processes in place in order to scale. And I know a lot of times people think like, Oh, 
you know, I'm still working a full-time job. Like I don't really need someone to scale, but like, that's actually a really great opportunity to condition yourself to create processes and to start having people, even if it's like doing five hours of work a week, that's five hours less that you don't have to do. And you get to work on the business, not in the business. And that also, I mean, you get to like discipline yourself. So when you go out full time, but it's also learning to when you start to outsource a thing, like not expect people to make mistakes, but you have to have grace. And also like your skills transfer process and the expectations on how you do something and how someone else you're training to do something like has to be crystal clear. But then have a dialogue and open conversation and and know like when there's too many strikes and things like that. So that's I mean, that's a whole other conversation about managing people and you know, having expectations and doing check-ins and stuff. But yeah, no, I see it. But I see it more ever since like you started doing more of these marketing personalities. I was like, Oh my gosh, like, I mean, I never really thought twice about Myers-Briggs. But I'm like, it's good to know this to lean more into it. So you can leverage the strengths of it. So thank you for doing what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and for an ESTJ, what we were finally here, this marketing strategy that works really well for the ESTJ is going to be leveraging an affiliate or an ambassador program. Now, that doesn't have to look like a strict affiliate program. It really, on ground level, it can simply look like, just like what Amanda's doing, bringing more voices into the picture and allowing them to speak toward the mission and the action that everybody needs to take. Amanda, you've done this since the start of She Did It Her Way because it's been an interview-based podcast, right? Bringing it, other people in and then catalyzing them to, hey, share, share this podcast out with your people. That's essentially what we're talking about here. You've done it since, I don't know when it started, 2015. 15. Yeah. So crazy. And then you're doing it also with the summit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how else you're doing it, but I just see... As the ESTJ, you can create this network or this web of people that can speak about what you do really well. And because you've got that manager of people and that fire to catalyze, those people then speak for you and market for you and sell for you and speak really highly of you. You do that probably without even you realizing, which I mean, we've kind of already covered that. Like, I didn't know I do that, but hey, okay, cool. And I see it in all levels of your business right now. Well, and you also inspired me to not only from like an affiliate standpoint of like, oh, other people going out and being the, you know, marketing sound, if you will, for she did it her way and all that stuff. But also like for me to get comfortable to do affiliates like in a formal setting with other people, because, and this goes back to managing your mind. I had always thought like affiliates when people would do them like, oh, they're just doing pushing affiliates because they're making money and da, 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 da. Like that was really a terrible limiting belief of mine because in reality, it's affiliates, I think get a bad rap. And I had leaned into that where I'm doing the marketing for that company is basically what it comes down to. And it's really given me the confidence to say, like, yeah, people should go try Podia. And here's my link. Like I'm telling you, and I'm not telling you just because, oh, I'm getting money on the back. Like some people might do that. But I'm genuinely telling you because I use a software program and I love it. Or I might say like, here's my link for ConvertKit. I use their email provider. Like, I'm not going to tell you to go try something if I don't use it. And I think that's just really important. But it's also like you've 
encouraged me to step into like, you know, doing more formal affiliates and partnerships with people. Because ultimately, like, sometimes if I do a formal partnership, then I'm giving someone else the opportunity to become aware of a product that maybe they never knew about, but ultimately might have a massive impact in their life. And like, if I did do an, a JV, like they want to know. Right. Exactly. Oh, that's so good. I'm glad that's opened up for you. That's, that's really exciting. So let's, I think you say this, let's land the plane here. Yeah. <laughs> I love that's an Amanda-ism. We're going to land the plane. Um, let's land the plane here. And I want you to Knowing all that you know about yourself and your personality type, what would you say to a fellow ESTJ? Very order-driven, executive type. What would you say to her? You're amazing. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, you are amazing. That We're is what she needs. Hey, that's what she needs yeah. to hear. No. What would I say? Was, you know what's so funny? You know where my mind goes? Is it goes into the space of like, I don't know what I would say because it really depends on my individual interaction with that person and like what she's going through. But I think in and of itself, that process that I just went through is a typical ESTJ. Like I wouldn't... <laughs> to me, I'm not going to throw like, oh, here's my opinion, da 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 Because it's really about asking the right questions to pull out and tailor whatever your response is to that person. So that's what I would say. You are such a great leader. Be like, let's have a conversation first. Oh, I love it. Well, okay, we're going to end on that now because that was so good. (laughs) So good. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with me hanging out on Britt Colo's episode. You can learn more about Britt and her business, Marketing Personalities at marketingpersonalities.com. You can also hang out with me on Instagram at she did it her way. Let me know what you thought of the show. And until next week, I hope you make it a great one. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head on over to she did it her way podcast.com where you can access the entire vault of she did it her way podcast episodes and more information all about how to make the ultimate leap from your nine to five. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you headed on over to iTunes and left a review, letting me know what you love about the she did it her way podcast until next time. Keep doing it your way.